0: Jingle bells you bring it over in the offseason. You brought over Carter Wentz the year before, Phillip Rivers the year before. When does it stop? Reese Hall still leads the team in rushing guards and rushing touchdowns and he went out seven weeks ago. Getting over to the Nets, winning seven in a row. And it's really the question uh, that boggles the minds of every New York Jets fan. Uh, does he come back next year? i wall on you here. There's no way out. Ridiculous. There's no this way out. <laughs> What is going on, everybody? You are back here on Jake's Takes. Of course, this is the podcast presented by Tunnel Vision Sports. As always, I'm Jake's friend. I'm taking you through some of my quick takes to start your weekend off. Here we are. Happy Saturday. Merry Christmas Eve. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Kwanzaa. Happy holidays to everyone out there. We are here on another Saturday. I'm back. And let's get right to it. we got a lot to talk about today, and it's not going to be pretty. I got, some, I got some serious thoughts about... What happened Thursday night against the Jets is Friday. We're recording for Saturday, uh, and it's and it. I am not. I am not thrilled with it. I'm not happy with it, and that's why we're gonna get to all the news of the day first before I get to anything else. New York teams this year have been playing great. We're in December. Teams are still alive, even though the Jets can't play well. That. Teams are still alive out there. I'm waiting for the Bucs and the Nets tonight to see how the Nets can perform. We'll be talking about them today as well. Uh, we got NBA talk. We got NFL talk. We got everything here. Uh, let's get to it. Here we go. So let's start with the news around the leagues, both for our New York teams here, local, and our national teams. We'll start with the NHL. The Rangers have now won not eight of their last nine games. Wow, well, I totally messed that up. But they won eight of their last nine games. Uh, and it's been pretty interesting as a Rangers fan, watching them catch back up. The Devils had the start of the year, and the division's actually starting to tighten down on them. Rangers got fourth place in this division. The Devils used to hold first place in the Metropolitan Division for the longest time, but now have lost six of their last seven games. The Devils fall to second place with the Rangers and the Penguins right on their heels. The Devils are 5-6 and six in the division. you got to remember that the Rangers beat the Devils earlier this year in overtime, 4-3. to three. Uh, the Rangers are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, and the Devils have just three wins in their last 10. In the NBA, the Knicks have eight of their last nine games. One, they won eight of the last nine. Ten, all the way to sixth place in the Eastern Conference. They beat out the Warriors, uh, lost the Raptors, I believe, last night. Uh, Would have been, th- oh, been Thursday. But Jalen Brunson their big acquisition this offseason, averaging 20 points per game. So it seems to be working out. One eight of their last nine. They're in sixth place now. Uh, but the Knicks are in a little bit of trouble. They will be getting fined a 2025 second-round selection in the draft uh, for kind of going in too early to the offseason process to go get Jalen Brunson. So that's, that's not good. Brunson signed a $104 million deal in the summer. Uh, and so the, besides that, the Knicks have been playing very well. But that besides this little minor hiccup in the middle of the season, uh, the Knicks have actually been. Jalen Brunson's been a great addition so thus far. Uh, more news from the NBA: Matt Ishbia agrees to purchase the Phoenix Suns for four billion after the Robert Sovereign era comes to an end. Uh, this, is, this is actually really interesting to me. Apparently, Ishbia is a president and CEO of United Wholesale Mortgage, which is pretty interesting. Uh, and he's been pursuing NBA and NFL teams for years. And I think he gets the Mercury as well over in the WNBA. I think it's like a double purchase. Uh, but he finally lands the Suns. The Suns get a new owner. And we'll see how that uh, proceeds as, as it goes forward. Getting over to the Nets, a team I love talking about on the show for some reason. I'm not even a Nets fan. They've won 11 of their last 12 games, winning seven in a row. Uh, really picked it up after starting a horrible, horrible start to the season. They found a way to get themselves in the fourth place in the Eastern Conference with a record of 20 and 12. The Nets are talented, but how long will this last? Will it carry over to the playoffs? Durant's averaging 30 points per game, Irving, 26 points per game. Milwaukee, Friday night, which is today, the recording day, is a big game for them. Uh, They just beat the Warriors, have to put up 91 first half points, third best in league history, dominating on all sides of the courts. Can they beat the Bucs? Can they be a playoff team? Uh, They haven't been able to beat the Bucs early in the year. The Celtics, the Mavs, the Grizzlies, uh, without John Morant, with John Morant, they couldn't beat them. The Sixers, the Kings, these are teams they have to beat. I know the Kings and the Grizzlies are not even in the conference, to like the Mavs as well. But they have to find a way to beat these playoff caliber teams, or they won't make it far in the playoffs. The Cavs, the Bucks, the Celtics, all these teams they have to find a way to beat. And tonight, Friday night, the result, I'll be watching it as this podcast goes along, is very important to the outcome of the season. I know there's still a long way to go, but it will show us really what's going to happen. We saw them get swept last year in the playoffs by the Celtics. Will it happen again this year? Can they carry the momentum forward? It seems they're trying to minimize what happened earlier in the year, getting off to a great seven-in-a-row win, but you got to find a way to beat off these other playoff teams and show us how truly dominant you are. Bucks Nets is going to be important. Can they beat a dominant foe? In the MLB, the Yankees are bringing back Aaron Judge. As we know, the Mets signed Carlos Correa to a huge deal. Correa was actually supposed to go over to the Giants, uh, and then they said he had a medical concern – which prompted the Mets and Correa to fall through, uh, and the Mets go out and pursue him. Correa was with seven seasons with the Astros, last season with the Twins. After all that fell apart during the physical, well, Correa signed with the Mets, a 12-year deal worth up to $312 million, uh, and it looks like the Mets just keep spending, spending, spending on. But two teams, as I talked about, New York teams are back. Two teams who made it to the playoffs. The, Nets, uh, excuse me, the Mets with over 100 wins this year. I believe they were 101. Look, New York sports are up and bright and let the Mets keep building. On the turf, so both college and the NFL, a long-time running back for the Steelers, Franco Harris, has died at the age of 72. That happened earlier this week. Uh, The Hall of Fame was a main part of the Immaculate Reception, one of the most iconic plays in NFL history. Harris won four Super Bowls during his time in Pittsburgh. And today, Friday, marks the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception versus the Raiders. Harris will have his jersey retired at halftime Saturday night against Las Vegas, uh, the team he did the Immaculate Reception against. Um, and unfortunately, another death in the NFL as Ronnie Hillman, the former running back of the Denver Broncos, at the age of 31 after battling with liver cancer. A truly unfortunate story there. He's been battling it for a while uh, and did not make it through. The Broncos drafted Hillman out of San Diego State in the third round of 2012. His best season came in the team Super Bowl campaign. 2015, Hillman rushed for 163 yards, caught 24 passes for 111 yards, and scored a total of seven touchdowns. Hillman was a former Super Bowl champion and unfortunately was taken away from the game and his life too soon. uh, Our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. In college football, National Signing Day kicked off with Arch Manning, the son of Cooper Manning, signing with the Texas Longhorns. Manning is the number 2 overall prospect, according to ESPN. The 6'4 quarterback threw for 8,599 yards, 115 touchdowns to 20 interceptions during his time at Newman High School, breaking Eli Manning's school record for passing yards and Peyton Manning's for touchdowns. The Colts bench Matt Ryan and will start Nick Foles Monday night against the Chargers. The Colts somehow, someway, are still in playoff contention. I think they're like 4, or 5, and 9 or whatever it is. Uh, and they are in contention because of the Titans' recent four-game spiral, losing spiral. The Colts need to win out, but would also need help from the Jaguars. It seems most more likely that the Jags have a shot at the division, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, but the Colts somehow are still in contention. We'll talk about Arizona. They now are starting Trace McSorley against the Buccaneers. Colt McCoy ruled out with a concussion. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts will not play to a, due to a sprain in his shoulder. Uh, so Garner Minshew will get the start against the Cowboys in Green Bay. The Packers have signed their offensive lineman, Elgin Jenkins, to a four-year, $68 million deal. It makes him the second-highest paid guard in the NFL. Uh, Jenkins only has four penalties and allowed three sacks on the year. So building, so for whoever they're building for, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or for the short term or Jordan Love or whoever comes in, they got a guard in place, uh, just like they have a tackle in place over in Cleveland. That was terrible. That was total transition. <laughs> <laughs> they re-signed Jack Conklin, who was supposed to be a free agent this year, four-year, sixty million dollar deal, thirty-one million guaranteed. He's locked up, uh, and finally in LA after being eliminated from playoff contention the Rams announced that Aaron Donald will miss the rest of the 2022 season that's your news from around the leagues both NFL NBA NHL MLB we got it all here um, that's all the news for you and I think the most interesting thing to come out of all this besides talking about the NBA the Knicks and the Nets and all that um, with much respect to both Ronnie Hillman and and Franco Harris is really what's happening over in Philadelphia. You know, you have a shot to take this division. You have a shot to win the East, and Jalen Hurts is not there. Can they do it against Garnam issue? We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but uh, it's a very interesting situation, and we're going to talk about that later on in the show. But let's get to the segment that I've been waiting to talk about all day. Let's go. (whistles) All right, the New York Jets played the Jacksonville Jaguars Thursday night. The New York Jets' Broadway crumble. All you see on every New York Jets paper is something about Christmas and some relation to Zach Wilson on his way out or done. Uh, News just broke, actually, that the NFL is suspending Miles Austin, wide receivers coach for the Jets for gambling. He'll be spending it for, I believe, a year. Um, But that just pretty much sums up the end of the Jets season right there. Uh, breaking protocol he was gambling on other sports' You're not supposed to be doing that uh, so he, he's gonna get this but it. just it just sums it up but the jets nine penalties last night not good enough the energy was low too many mistakes I watched too many plays where they were third and twenty five second and twenty first and fifteen uh, and really set themselves back losing playoff hopes yeah they they still have chance at the playoffs but ultimately I don't think that's the um it is the goal but you got two more games left against Seattle and Miami. Both teams above five hundred. Both really good teams. Geno's made a resurgence. Miami, we know how good they are. Uh, two games on a road. Jets are going to need some help, and they're going to have to win out. Uh, and Mike White's going to have to come back because the Jets just lost 16-3, to the Jaguars. Uh, but let's talk, let's talk about a little bit of the Jags before I get angry. Uh, but the Jags... They've picked it up late in this season with good offensive line play, and good D line play. Trevor Lawrence has stepped it up. The Jags can take this division. I actually just did playoff predictor and have them taking over the division. Ryan Tannehill is potentially out for the season with his ankle. Malik Willis can he get it done? I don't know. I think the actually I think the Titans lose this week to the Texans, who have come very close in the past two weeks to beating both Dallas and Kansas City. Uh, Trevor Lawrence this year: 24 touchdowns, seven interceptions, ETN over a thousand yards. A kid who has great burst in and out of the tackles. Christian Kirk, who they signed over the offseason, a big contract. 900 yards, over 900 yards, seven touchdowns. Zay, Zay Jones, the same thing, over 700 yards, five touchdowns. Evan Ingram, the resurgence in tight end, over 700 yards, four touchdowns. The Jaguars have turned this thing around as of late, uh, and they beat the Cowboys in overtime on a pick six to win the game. They beat the Titans earlier this year, and they will win this division. They will get a home playoff game, and they have turned it around. I think they finish off this season strong get eight or nine wins and they'll take this division and uh, they'll play the Titans at the end of the year. We'll see how that comes down to why I think that will be for the division. But I think the Jaguars can do it. They, they uh, we've had a lot of different points on this show about the Jaguars off season and how they spend so much money and, but where they are now says a lot about them. And I talked about them earlier in the year on an earlier show and how good they were and how good Doug Peterson has developed them. Then they went on a losing stretch and now they're back. You know, you look at how they, how they took something from nothing and really revamp this team we're gonna take a listen to what i said early in the year real quick right now The Jaguars are someone who's extremely surprised me these past couple weeks. I know they just lost to the Eagles, but absolutely, they're playing so much better under Doug Peterson. This offense looks great. Who would have thought Christian Kirk and Jose Jones would have been the saviors of this offense, along with you know James Robinson, Travis Etienne, and Trevor Lawrence? Like the the revamp of this is amazing, and I and I and I wish I could talk about it more. But the Jaguars are 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 what have really stunned me the past couple weeks. But that just goes to show you, like the development they've made this season and throughout the whole season. The Jags, uh, the, I just have a feeling they're going to take this vision and end up getting the playoffs. They might even get a playoff win. I think uh, they think they're better than a lot of these teams in the in, in the AFC. They're better than the Jets. They're better than the Patriots. Uh, they're better than Baltimore right now, who doesn't have a quarterback. Uh, they're better than, I guess you could say, maybe Miami. And they're they're better than a few of these teams in the playoffs. I think they could probably get a win. Uh, and if they're they're the fourth seed, they're going to end up playing a wild card team. And I think they're all beatable uh, in the wild card, especially if they get a, 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 any any seeding in the wild card. I think they could beat any of these Chargers, the Miami Jets, Patriots, whoever gets in it, I think they could beat any of those teams. Um, but going over to New York, they kept the Jags in check for 16 points, gave up one long drive, which was pretty disappointing. Uh, Quinton Williams proved his importance to this team. 12 sacks on the year, forced fumble in this one in the beginning. Uh, but led to points stifled by uh, by Zach Wilson, who who couldn't get any positive yards on the drive. Uh, Quinton got a good read on a screenplay. Salma Thomas actually played really well last night as well. Trevor Lawrence destroyed this team with his legs. Uh, the Jets' offense, once again, was non-consistent. Uh, Wilson, 9 of 18, 92 yards in INT. That came late, uh, very, very late in the first half, which you can count or not or whatever, uh, but it came on a deep ball trying to get points. Jets bench Wilson, I believe, in the third or the end of the third quarter, like practice squad player who they just brought up that day, Chris Strebler, the play. Strebler went 10 for 15 on 90 yards, had 50 yards rushing. Uh, but forget the stats. When I tell you the Jets got the ball moving – they went into the red zone that they haven't done all game. Granted, they were in it. They got the three points, but that wasn't because of Wilson. The energy, the tone of the stadium, when you watch the game over and over and over again, it was different. And when Zach's in, it just doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like they have the energy. Everything seems flat. You see the crowd booing. You hear them booing on, on, on live television. It's just not good. Uh, when Mike White was in, the morale was up. Now it's down. You know, I can't seem to figure out Or maybe Zach can't seem to figure out what's up from up and down, what's right and wrong. Because the organization, the fans seem to have turned on him. The former number two overall pick, who was supposed to be the savior of this franchise, really uh, is almost non-existent to this team anymore. And now coming back out, all the defense you give him, he comes back out in the second half and plays poorly. I don't know how much longer he's going to be here. We're going to talk about more Zach in a minute. But let's talk about the Jets as a whole. Uh, the Jets have now lost five of their last six games after the bye, losing four straight games, a record of one and five after the bye week. But before the bye week, they were six and three. So you saw so much promise in the beginning of the year. Um, but let's, let's let's look at what really derailed them. They do have, like I said, two more games. If they win out and a couple things happen, they do have a shot. But it's almost a long shot at this point. It's like a 30% some odd chance. Uh, but before the bye, the Jets were rolling. Brees Hall, 40 plus points, and they were going. But they relied a lot on that run game. And when Brees Hall went down back in week seven, mind you, uh, they were doing a lot with him. And and for the most part, all Zach had to do was manage games. He was thrown for 200 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, and then when he tried, you know, when he was really forced and stuff to get a couple of picks, the last time I saw Zach play really well was against the Steelers in week four in the fourth quarter, Okay. But when Brees Hall went down, that all offense had to get reworked. You know, they traded for James Robinson at one point, and he's non existent now. But they beat Buffalo before the break. And then after the break, it all went downhill when you saw a 10 3 loss against the Patriots. That's what led to the Mike White change. But the thing about this team is, Brees Hall still leads the team in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. And he went out seven weeks ago, like in week seven. That's just, that's unacceptable uh, as an organization to have such a good running back, have such a good run game, have such a good identity, and to lose it all because of one player, uh, there really has been an inconsistency there. Um, the Jets have a top-five ready defense. They're ready to go now. They allow 18 points per game. Yes, their turnover differential is a little stuffily, but it's not all their fault. I mean, they let a plays here and there. And We look at the play against Detroit where people say, yeah, they lost the game, and eh, Zerline missed a kick. Special teams have been dominant all year as well. I mean, you look at both sides of see the ball. Yeah, occasionally you're going to make mistakes. But the offense, the offense has given up, has only scored 18 points. Per, they're doing as much as the defense is, and that's not good. Uh, you can't win games like that in the NFL. If the Jets literally were to score 21 points in the last three games, they would have won all the games. All they needed was three touchdowns. You're telling me you couldn't go down and at least get one? I mean, it's just absolutely brutal. Uh, and then we're going to talk about Zach now. What happens to Zach? Does he come back? Where's he going to go? And I I think the future is pretty bleak for him in New York. You know, there's there's not much the Chets can really do at this point. You wanted to reset him. I had a feeling he wasn't going to come back because Mike White got hurt. He did. Uh, And that's ultimately not what they wanted. Uh, because we saw the way Mike White played, you know, throwing for 300 yards per game, scoring touchdowns, keeping this offense efficient. You look at last year's team when Mike White came in, and then Josh Johnson came in. Even he had two or three hundred yards, and just keeping the offense efficient. Why St- Strevler leading this team down, giving energy? Why is it Joe Flacco early in the year? Why is it that Zach can't make the you know the the easy fundamental throws? Why can't he get past that? And and it's really the question uh, that boggles the minds of every New York Jets fan. Uh, does he come back next year? I mean, he's on. He's stuck for two more years unless you want to trade him or whatever. It's crazy that I'm saying that. I think fans in New York are just pretty much over it. I think you got to go out and get a veteran quarterback this offseason. I think you resign Mike White. Uh, and it, regardless if Zach stays on this roster or not, um, I think you go out and a guy, get a guy like Jared Goff or Jimmy G. Maybe you go all in on Lamar. I don't know. But there's guys out there that can help us win now, and I think you have to do it uh, for the fan base for the team, to save the organization, to save to save the front office. Uh, you need to go out and have a winning season. Show show Woody Johnson that this is what this team was here for this year uh, and unfortunately fell apart. But when it comes to Zach, he had his knee injury. We saw, first of all, when you go all the way back to the preseason, Zach, before he went out on his knee injury through this terrible interception uh, to Tom linebacker on preseason, and then he did the same thing against Detroit. It's like he hasn't made any progressions. Uh like I said, the last time I played I Zach and that game he had two or three interceptions. Play good was the comeback drive in the fourth quarter in week 4 against the Steelers. Uh the Jets, like I said, if they won the last 3 games with 21 points, they would have won all of them. Um this is an interesting stat that I saw actually. Zach Wilson with Garrett Wilson. When Garrett Wilson's catching balls from Zach Wilson, he's got 34 catches, 447 yards in 9 games versus without Zach in the six games he wasn't playing with him Garrett Wilson had 37 catches for 549 yards and four touchdowns why is it that he can't get the ball to Garrett Wilson the best i it's just it's like it doesn't make any sense things i just just make, nothing makes sense to me with Zach Wilson right now um i don't think it makes much sense to him and this team unfortunately is in a bind this team was a team who was supposed to go to the playoffs this year you were six and three before this bye week. I really expect them to make it in, and now it almost seems like a lost cause. Robert Sala doesn't know what to do with the quarterbacks remaining on the stretch, which, for much respect, I wouldn't expect him to tell us who it is unless Mike White is healthy. So he's not going to announce that. We're going to have to wait and see. But it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just so frustrating. I mean, you look at the Jets every year, uh, and and honestly. Um, last year I wasn't even disappointed. You, you don't even get disappointed anymore because you look at the teams. They haven't made the playoffs in like 13 years. Their best year was in 2015. They didn't make the playoffs then either. You But you look at this team every year and it's like, well, they're going to lose. We'll get another draft pick. But it, it's different this year. I mean, they were ready to win. The defense is a top-five defense. You look at the special teams. Zerlinds are playing great. Yeah, he missed that one kick. The other. But you look at the offense. I mean, with all the injuries and everything they've had to overcome – and then that now the Mike White's out and Zach comes back. It's just so inconsistent. If they could have something of some competence there and score three touchdowns a game, they can. They could. They could be in the playoffs by now. It's just. It's just. It's. It's hurtful to the rest of the team. Uh, it's pretty demoralizing, honestly. And I think this is one of the worst seasons. The worst end of the season that I've seen in a while, uh, and I think the morale and energy of it has really declined because as a Jets fan, when you're looking at this team, coming with finally no expectations for them at all, you come in, Brees Hall is playing well. The rookie class, Sauce Gardner, G.J. Reed, top defense. Quinn Williams is going to be, you know, he's got a pro ball this year. C.J. Mosley's playing great. Mike White comes in. You got all Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson. You got all these guys. And then it falls apart in your hands as a Jets fan, and you're watching this, and you say, well, we're going to make it. And now you're not gonna make it. Uh, just a real roller coaster of a season. Uh, but I'm glad it's happening now because the Jets need to figure out their they haven't figured out their court. Look, you look at look at Gino now, right? Look at Geno Smith. He's playing well. Sam Darnold's playing somewhat of a good football. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Zach now, I feel like he doesn't have enough time. Time to develop. And the Jets don't have that time. They're ready to win now. They're ready to be in the playoffs now. And I think the Jets have to find a way to get around that this offseason, or they make it in now. Uh, they're going to have to figure this out. They have a lot of question marks. And I thought about this earlier in the day. You look at this Jets team. The last time they make it, made it in the playoffs was 2010. Uh, and they had one of the best defenses in the league, one of the best run games in the league, and a manageable quarterback. Who did they have? Mark Sanchez. Uh, and they had weapons, a good offensive line around them. You look at this team this year. Granted, I think the offensive line has played well for what they've been constructed for and the injuries and everything. But a great run game earlier on in the year a manageable situation by Zach, and then once all that turned around, you look at this team and you could say, this team could go into the playoffs with a great defense. If they had somewhat of a good run game, it's unfortunately fallen off the past couple weeks. If Zach could just manage the game, I think the Jets could be a lot further on. Uh, And I think really that's really the difference, really between this 2010 team and this team now. Uh, Like, I see the parallels, and you see the differences. And, and and this team is unfortunately not ready. I'm interested to see what they do the last two games. I hope they finish the season off strong. Uh, and if they don't, well, hey, they get a you know a top 12 pick or whatever in the draft, and we move on. But it, it, And if they do lose out, I, I, it's weird. You look at this team, and I said to myself, oh, I never saw them winning seven games, but if they end the season with seven games now, it almost feels like a disappointment in the season, considering where they started. And I don't know how that's going to affect the organization in a way, um, but, you know, We'll see if get Mike White comes back earlier later this week. Uh, but just an absolute disappointment this season. Towards the end, December has been rough, um, and I am—I I really don't have any more words for it. I really hope Zach can can pull it together, get his fundamentals, and mechanics better. We'll see if Mike White comes back, and we'll see how they finish off the season. They got Seattle on the road. They got Miami to finish off the year. And hey, if they win out for some reason, okay, that's like that's that's you know. The for them to get in the playoffs is for New England. I'm pretty sure to lose a game or Miami to lose one of their games. It's like something super simple. The hardest part of this whole thing is gonna be the Jets winning two games. Crazy enough, and it's totally possible. It's just I don't know if the what's gonna happen with the quarterback situation. I don't know if they can do it. Uh, but let's get to game picks for Sunday. <whistles> let's get to the standings. Reads in the AFC, the Bills they're on top at 11-3. They'll be in the playoffs, Dolphins 8-6, Patriots 7-7, Jets at 7-8. In the West, the Chiefs clinch a playoff spot 11-3, Chargers 8-6. Will they make it in? The Raiders 6-8 fighting for a playoff spot. The Broncos 4-10. In the North, it's the Bengals. Can they hold on to the top at 10-4? The Ravens right behind them at 9-5. Remember, no Lamar. Browns and Steelers still fighting for playoff spots at 6-8. In the South, like I mentioned, the Titans at 7-7, but the Jaguars a half game on their heels at 7-8. The Colts still in playoff contention at 4-9-1 for some reason. And 1-12-1 is the Texans, who probably will get a win this week against the Titans. Uh, The Eagles and the Cowboys both will be going to the playoffs this year. Who will take the division? I don't know yet. But the Eagles on top at 13 and 1. The Cowboys 10 and 4. The Giants fighting for a playoff spot along with the Commanders 8, 5, and 1 to 7, 6, and 1. In the West, it's the 49ers on top at 10 and 4 going to the playoffs. Seattle still fighting for a spot at 7 and 7. The Cardinals, the Rams sit at 4 and 10. In the North, the Vikings clinch a playoff spot, but they're at 11 and 3. Can they be consistent on offense? The Lions at 7 and 7. The Packers at 6 and 8. Uh, they're still fighting. I think the Lions can get in the playoffs. I don't think the Packers will. The Bears at 3-11, and uh, and I think they present a very good challenge to the Bills this week. In the NFC South, the Buccaneers, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Falcons somehow are all in playoff contention if the Buccaneers find their way losing out and these teams win out. I still see the Buccaneers winning this division and probably winning the rest of their games. But it is possible that the Panthers, the Saints, or the Falcons take over the division all below 500. whoop de doo uh, But I do, the Buccaneers are on top, and I do expect them to stay on top. Let's get to the important game picks. I'm going to do the uh, games I highlighted first and then I'll get to the rest of the game. So we got the Giants 8-5-1 and 1 versus the Minnesota Vikings 11-3. The Giants are going to need Saquon Barkley to perform. Now, granted, against Washington after their four-game losing streak and they beat Washington, uh, I said to myself, I don't see the Giants going to playoffs, but now I kind of see the spark. If they can play good on defense, Kavon Thibodeau can play like he did and be a game wrecker, uh, and they can hold the, the, the Vikings – KJ okay, Osborne, Adam Thielen, Donald Cook, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson—all these guys somehow hold them down. Then their inconsistencies—I think they can win the game. The Minnesota Vikings actually aren't good against, you know, running backs in the pass game. Uh, they are good on the ground. We'll see how they utilize Saquon in this one. I think he's a very important key to the Giants' offense. Uh, how can the Giants' offense attack the terrible Vikings' pass defense is going to be important. Can the Giants take advantage of the Vikings' consistencies? Uh, they got a lot to do on the Vikings offense to, to really the Giants to take on. Uh, but the Giants defense versus the Vikings defense is going to be very interesting. Can the Giants take advantage of that? I think they can. Uh, and I think they outcoach them and win this game. There's been a lot of inconsistencies on this Vikings team. And I think the Giants can actually exploit this Vikings defense. I'm taking the Giants off a of win here. I, I really feel it in my heart that the Giants can get a win and make their way into the playoffs. I'm going Giants in this one. Lions at seven and seven versus the Carolina Panthers at five and nine. Both teams somehow still in the playoff contention, or I really should say the Carolina Panthers somehow. Uh, But Sam Darnold playing well as of late. The Lions are riding a lot of momentum and keep winning. They have a chance to get in the playoffs. Uh, their defense has been in better in recent weeks. Hasn't been good overall, but been playing better. Sam Donald's been playing competitive football, so that's going to be something to watch there. But I think the Lions are hungry. They have a lot of motivation. They went from like a 1-6 to 7-7 seven seven or whatever it was. Uh, but the Panthers still have a shot at the playoffs. I don't think they do after this one. The Lions will get the win here uh, in this one. Dallas, 10-4 versus the Eagles, 13-1. Dallas, don't turn the ball over. That is key in this one. Keep Dak in upright. Don't let him get sacked. The Eagles have the best passing defense in the NFL's. Second total ranked defense overall. It's really going to be how will Dallas's defense perform against Eagles' offense with no Jalen Hurts this week. I think Dallas can actually squeeze this one out. Force Garner Minshew, the gunslinger, to make some untimely decisions. Force in the tight windows. I think Dallas is angry after last week against Jacksonville and wants revenge. I think the defense tightens up, and they can get the win here. And honestly, these two teams will probably see each other in the playoffs. But for now, Dallas gets the split against the Eagles. In Pittsburgh, or I should really say in Las Vegas, Pittsburgh will be taking on the Raiders 6-8 versus 6-8. Two teams who still have a shot at the playoffs. Whoever wins has the better shot, probably takes it. On. I believe the other team gets eliminated. Uh, the Steelers with 109 rush yards per game on loud on defense. The seventh best in the NFL. Can they contain the lead leading rusher, Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs. Pickett. Kenny Pickett has been improving week to week. In this one, I'm really going to take the better coach, Mike Tomlin, in this and I'm rolling with the Steelers. I think they keep somewhat of a playoff hope alive and get the win here. In the rest of the NFL, it's Buffalo at Chicago. Uh, I'm going to take Buffalo in this one, but I do see this being a problem for Buffalo. Whether, Granted, if there's weather or whatever, but Chicago's a very, very hard team to cover on the ground, especially with the resurgence of Justin Fields and they're going to give Buffalo problems Uh, But I do see the Bills winning this one. I see the Cleveland Browns taking on the New Orleans Saints, keeping their playoff hopes alive for another week. They'll beat the Saints. Uh, Houston, as I've been mentioning, will beat the Titans. They'll take down Malik Willis. They've come close in the last recent weeks. They almost beat uh, Dallas. They almost beat Kansas City. I think Houston finally gets their second win of the year. Kansas City, I think, takes on Seattle. Uh, They'll get the win there. Geno and the Seattle Seahawks, surprisingly, have not been playing well the past couple weeks. They have one wing, I believe, out of four weeks uh, or one out of four or five games. So I believe that Kansas City can take them on this one. They got more power. They're a more powerful team. Uh, and I'm going to take Kansas City. Seattle's been playing well this year, but uh, Seattle's had a couple losses in the past couple weeks, and I think the Chiefs can take advantage of that. As I mentioned, the Giants in Minnesota, Cincinnati versus New England. I'm thinking Cincy on this one. New England's not a strong team. It's just simple on this one. I think I think the Bengals are the better team, and that actually gives the Jets a shot if they can win. Uh, Atlanta Baltimore. I took Atlanta at first, but I'm going to take Baltimore. Atlanta's inconsistent, and I know Tyler Hunter in this this offense is so different without Lamar, but I think they can get it done with the defense and squeeze one out on offense if they can just get enough points. San Francisco will take on the Commanders. I know the Commanders have a lot of heart, but this San Francisco defense is way too good, especially what happened against the Giants. I could see the same thing happening with the 49ers defense against the Commanders offense. I'm taking San Francisco in this one. Uh, Miami on Green Bay. I think it's on Christmas or Christmas Eve. Oh, Is it Christmas? It's Christmas Day. Uh, Miami will get the win here. If Green Bay can win, they'll keep their playoff hopes alive. But I think Miami gets the win at home, uh, and they'll roll on, and we'll see how Miami does down the stretch. Denver will beat the Rams. Uh, this is going to be an interesting game. I don't know if Russell Wilson's playing, but the defense for Denver is, is solid, and that will take down Baker Mayfield and the Rams. The Bucks. I think they get a win against Trace Missorley and the Arizona Cardinals. I, I think they should. Tom's better than that. And uh, I don't think he would go out like that. I think they'll get their seventh win of the year. And I think the Chargers keep rolling, keep keep playoff hopes alive against the Colts. I know the Colts played a really good game last week and then fell off, but the Chargers aren't going to let that happen. Uh, They'll get the win here with a strong offense on Justin Herbert. And I think their defense will overtake the Colts' offense. I'm taking the Chargers in this one. Final thoughts for today as we wrap up the episode for Christmas. Um, Pro Bowler. This year, Geno Smith, Pro Bowl results are in. He gave a name to his first ever Pro Bowl in his 10-year career. Congratulations, Gino, former Jets quarterback. Uh, done good things this year. And in Week 16, the NFLPA Community MVP Goes to Packers linebacker Devondre Campbell after he delivered fifty thousand dollars in holiday gifts door to door for twenty five families in need across Green Bay and Minnesota. So congratulations to Devondre Campbell and keep doing good things, especially around the holidays. Uh, thank you for joining me today on another edition of Jake's Takes. I'll be back next Saturday to provide more of my takes. We got a lot to cover, uh, and I had a lot more to talk about today, but I want to save it. We've got a lot of things to do. I'm just going to see how many things I can do later in the week. we probably get a couple more guests on, um, so we're going to have some really good episodes coming up. Remember to visit television sports at tvsportsmag.com, follow our Instagram. At Tunnel Vision Sports underscore in our Twitter account at underscore TV Sports. Don't forget to follow Jake's Takes Instagram account at Jakes Takes TVS for everything you need podcast wise. Contact my email at sjake at tvsportstaff.com to join the show, ask questions, request an interview or feature. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, follow the follow button, leave a like, comment, rating on the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. As always, I'm Jake Serrano signing off. Thank you for listening. And remember to keep up with all your sports needs with Tunnel Vision Sports, a positive shift. In sports media, we get it popping, me day and night. Day and night, got the party jumping, got to break the, break the ice. Stay up on my grind, that's my way of life. life. I got tunnel vision, I'm a chase that real life. <laughs>